1: This is a crowd podcast.
2: This episode is sponsored by The Orient, Dean Layton. To be more like Dean, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. Joe Marler is a big hearted man, and he's got a podcast plan. It's the Joe Marler Show. It's the Joe Marla
1: Show, oh, oh, oh. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Joe Marla and this is Tom Fordyce. Hello, Tom. Hello, Joe.
2: I've got a question for you that's been bothering me since I last saw you. Oh. You obviously are aware that if you drink too much, you get a hangover, and the hangover is horrible. Hmm. If there was a way that you could serve your hangover in advance of the night out, yeah? So let's say you're going out on Friday. Yeah. Rather than having the hangover on Saturday, you could get it out of the way on the Monday, the Tuesday, whatever. Would that make you more likely to have more big nights or less likely to have more big
1: nights? So it doesn't have to be the morning of the Friday. Nope, the, you can have so it the any morning point. of the night out. Isn't the hangover? Nope. Any point prior to that, I'm going to give you two weeks. You can choose
2: any point in the preceding two weeks to serve your hangover. So
1: on a Monday, hangover. Just trying to go through like a weekly schedule here. I have to have exactly the same. Hang- See, the thing is, my hangovers. I'm, I, you, I'm usually all right the next morning because I'm usually still pissed. <laughs> so it, my hangovers tend to hit me about four o'clock. You know that three, four oh. o'clock lull. So tired, and you're like, oh my god, I can't keep my eyes open. I'm sorry, I'm meant to be doing the dinner or something like that. So then I'd probably, if it's going to be my exact hangover, I'll have to have that at three or four o'clock on a Monday afternoon. Yeah. And then it means the Saturday I'll be more productive because I haven't got that in it. Fuck yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. The trouble is when you tear it up like that, you front load it all and then you'll probably go out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> You'd probably even go for it on the Monday night. No. God. No. No, because a lot of the time that stops me from drinking more than I do is because of the way it makes me feel after it. Okay. So if I've had it, then I'll drink more, and then that will be bad for me.
2: It's a bit like when you go on holiday, right? You can pay for your whole holiday in advance, so when you go on holiday, you're totally relaxed, you commit to your holiday, or you go on your holiday, have the good times, then after, you have to pay the holiday off.
1: But it's still the same. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, I'm going to narrow it down to one very specific night. It's New Year's Eve, Joe. Yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah. You can either have your New Year's Day hangover on New Year's Day. Yeah. Or you can have it, you can chuck it away on like 27th, 28th December.
1: Well, but then there's part of me on New Year's Day that just likes vegging out in front of the TV. and So you sort of like the hangover. Yeah, I guess because it gives me an excuse to not do anything. But you can not do anything on the 27th and the 28th now. But I want to not do anything on the New Year's Day. This, is, this has fried me. I need to put a lot... Give me a bit more prep next time. I really want to put some deep thought into this. What would you have quickly? I would definitely have my hangover first. But now that you're older, do you find that the hangovers are longer? That's a cliche and it's entirely true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll get it out of the way. I'd spunk my hangover on a Monday, a random mm. Monday. Mm. And then imagine the liberation when you step out the door on the Friday night. Nothing's going to touch you. Oh, it'd be absolutely yeah? sublime. How are you spelling sublations? Because it's a word you're very fond of.
1: S U B I don't even know if it's a word. I need to look it up. Right, shall we get a guest on? Let's do it. On Joe Marler's show. Our guest today is a European tour winner, Andrew Johnston. Better known as Beef. I was hoping you'd join in with that bit. You finished your beef so quickly.
2: Grow up. You were in a very aggressive mood today, Joe Myler.
1: I am slightly aggressive. I've had two hours sleep, but I'm so excited about this episode that I want to like make it as professional as possible. So that was a fucking shit start. <laughs> I'll go with beef and you'll join in with me, yeah? Okay. Like, pretend we're on the course. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, Do you want me to name a course? No, I've got one. Prince's. Okay. It's in Sandwich. In Kent I did sandwich, okay Okay, fine, ready? Go Beef Beef That's a horrible noise (laughs) What are we doing? Longest intro to a guest we've had for a while (laughs) Uh, Beef, welcome Hi guys (laughs) Right, I've got to ask, get it away early Why do people call you Andrew?
3: (laughs) What's the crap with beef? It goes back since when I was about 12, but it's an
1: awful story, though. Yeah, we like awful stories.
3: Uh, I had a big head of curly hair, and one of my mates at the golf club just said, look at you and your big head. you got a beef head.
1: When have you ever seen a bit of beef that's, like, curly and hairy?
2: <laughs> In defence of your mate, was he saying that you had a big, like a bovine head, a
3: big head? Yeah, you just got a big head. Yeah. I just don't stuck. think you have got a big head. I think
1: you've got quite a small head. Pea head. So how long have you been a golfer?
3: Professionally yeah, or... professionally. 2009. That just gave me the year. For, this is... Yeah, 14... It's not that hard. 50, 13 years. 13 years, yeah.
1: Not that hard. We're both struggling to fucking <laughs> answer it.
3: Yeah, well, I didn't think I was like right, come so on here and have a maths test. <laughs>
1: 13 years, you've been known as beef in the professional golf world. How would you feel about right here, right now, maybe changing that to P? <laughs> <laughs> Can you shout P? Pee! P- P-
3: it's pretty similar, <laughs> really. Similar to beef. Yeah.
1: Minus the f- <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. Would pee be less intimidating for your rivals? Pee P- f- What I've done there is mix pea and beef, so you keep your masculinity, but we're showing a slightly more feminine side to you, and that you love vegetables as much as you love meat.
3: <laughs> You'll think about it. <laughs> I get it. Are, are you spelling that like... P A F or P E E F.
1: Sure, name, mate. You you choose. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely fine. Right, this episode's about golfers. Beef. What's your favourite club and shot,
3: please? I like giving the driver a hit. Give us a giant noise. (laughs) (laughs) That was like a
2: gun. (laughs) (laughs) Or a spaceship taking off. Yeah. Fuck, you are good at golf. (laughs) 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 Yeah,
3: that's what you've got to do when you practice.
2: (laughs) More golfers should make noises as they drive.
3: Do you think that should be like a requirement?
2: Yeah. First tee. You have to make a noise as
1: you drive. (laughs) Nino, (laughs) Nino! Right, let's actually go back to the very basics. Let's pretend someone listening to this hasn't got a clue what golf is. Never heard of it. How would you best describe what golf is?
3: It's a sport. I'd start there. Mm -hmm. Good,
1: like it. Strong start.
3: It's a sport where you play 18 different holes and you have to basically get a white golf ball with golf clubs that you use to hit the white ball Get it all the way down every hole. Get the ball into the hole. <laughs> Golf's hard to explain. Very-
2: <laughs> if, you, if you had just said that to someone who's never seen golf and you asked them to
3: perform golf. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like another go, to be honest. Okay. Get, uh, like, so, like, yeah, let's just start again. That never happened. Yeah, yeah. so,
1: uh, hi, Beef. Um, I'm Joe. This is Tom. Hi and we do, we've never heard of golf. I do, is this golf golf <laughs> what is what is golf um can you explain to us what this sport is
3: it's a game where you have clubs where you've got to hit a little ball into a hole and there's 18 holes and you have to try and get it around the golf course in as little shots as possible how far away are these holes it could vary from 100 yards to 500 yards okay and what, what do i wear doing this you have to wear what a collared t-shirt. Why? Why
1: do I have to wear collared? T- I haven't got any collared T-shirts.
3: This is the problem we're having with golf at the moment. Oh,
1: okay. Let's. Okay, we'll accept your second explanation of what golf is. You don't strike me as someone who's stereotypically a golfer.
3: Just realise I was shit at everything else. <laughs> Football, you'd end up in goal. Rugby, didn't want to get tackled. Tennis, shit. I'm never going to do like a triple jump, am I, or a high jump. So yeah, I ruled that out straight away before trying it. I would
1: actually pay a lot of money to see you enter a triple jump competition (laughs) now. (laughs) Do you fancy your chance? I think me and you should do a triple jump competition. Superb idea. Um, Let's get into the etiquette bit then. Dress code in golf. Give me an insight as to what that is.
3: Golf shoes I'd start off with. Chinos, type of chinos and a collared shirt. That's usually like a dress code. What about shorts? Yeah, you can wear shorts. Chino, like tailored shorts, I'd say.
1: Why collar to my shirt? God
3: knows. This honestly, I, honestly I don't know. I don't know.
1: Now, because those rules have kind of been around way before you were around, <laughs> are you sort of then frowned upon by speaking out a bit and going, why can't we just wear what we want on the golf course because we're just here to play golf?
3: don't know. I just think they're so outdated. It doesn't even matter anymore, but... I don't get why you can't just wear a t-shirt.
1: What I look like shouldn't ma- make a difference to me treating the clubhouse or or the course with respect as as I am going to do.
3: This day and age it needs to change and I think it's slowly changing. But it, it is it's almost like this history that goes back to rules and etiquette and how you should look and dress smart and things like that. But I always say to people if you're going out on a Saturday or a Sunday, right? And you want to catch up with a few friends after a long week's work. You want to go out have a few beers, chill out, play some music maybe in your buggy and have a good time. What the fuck does it matter about what clothes? I've been saying it for years. Um, I couldn't care less. If I saw someone playing in a t-shirt, I couldn't care less. Have a good day, mate. But I just don't get it. I, I think another 15, 20 years, hopefully, like that will really start to fade out but um, we should be pushing for a lot more, I think, now.
2: There's one I have once, Joe. Um, there are a couple of courses on Wimbledon Common. There is a course there where the stipulation is to play, and it's it's one you can turn up and pay and play. The stipulation is you have to wear a, quote, pillar box red garment. It's a tricky one for starters because you go to your wardrobe and you think, is this pillar box red? Do I have anything that's red? I've gone there and been turned away because they said it was the wrong sort of red. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking a piss. No, but better than that, Eventually I got a pillar box red top because it's a really nice course. And then when I went to go into the clubhouse afterwards, and bear in mind this is like a Wednesday, about two in the afternoon, there's no one else in the clubhouse. I've gone to the bar in my pillar box red top and the bloke shook his head and I go, what do you mean? And he's pointed at this sign on the wall which says no red tops in the clubhouse. Fuck no. me dead. <laughs> Fuck me dead. Pillar box red. Yeah. because there was no one else on this course, there was no one else <laughs> buying a beer in the clubhouse, it was just a way of telling you to fuck off.
3: Pillar box red. Like imagine going in the shop going, excuse me, have you got any pillar box red uh, jumpers there, please? How many shops are you going to have to go in? I don't think I'd find one on Amazon for fuck's <laughs> sake. Trainers are the one. As I always said, what drives me nuts in golf clubs is you're playing in the middle of winter, right? You've got your golf shoes on, waterproofs, caked in mud. And you can go in the bar and have a pint. But as soon as sometimes you step in certain clubs and you've got a brand new pair of clean trainers on, they're like, you can't come in here, but you can come caked in mud. That's the one that drives (laughs) me insane. You can't go in the clubhouse in trainers? Some places you can't. Some places. At North Mid, it was like, I kind of said to my mates, I was just like, ignore it. Just turn up. We're all going to have a big drink, spend loads of money at the bar and they won't be able to like, turn it down. So we just kept doing it, come in, get told off, come in, get told off, and in the end, they just gave up with the dress code. That was one of two problems. The one that really got me was the chef at the time at North Mid kept filling up the Heinz bottles with that vinegary tomato ketchup. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This, this was a big problem. So I'd come in every time I'd be back, I'd come in and I would like just squirt a little bit of my finger, taste it and go, still vinegar and just throw it in the bin. Right. So I used to have this <laughs> running thing of like, just put normal tomato ketchup in there. Uh, what colour was the ketchup? Is it, is it pillar box red or...
1: No, that was the thing, that shitty vinegar It's ketchup, browner, isn't it? Oh. It's, and also like more translucent, mm. like you can see through it, it's shit, I know what you mean. As
3: soon as you square it's just a bit runny and you're like, I don't even have to taste this, I know what you've done here again. <laughs> How many times do I have to throw that bottle in the bin? And then they, they have like the bottles, like the red bottle and the brown bottle to hide the see-through bottle. Oh. Uh, mate, yeah, a lot of ketchup went in the bin, put it that way. But now, good news, you can wear what you want and we got Heinz Ketchup there. Boom.
1: First world problem. <laughs>
3: Fuck me. <laughs> a couple
1: of minutes. <laughs> Fucking hell, what about this ketchup we've got here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck it I think the, mo- the the most I've got this is probably a step too far oh. at a local golf club, Horham. I got it was really hot one summer and I was baking. And Uh-oh. I'd got I'd gone in, you know, I'd conformed to a point in my shorts, slightly tailored collared shirt but under my collared shirt because I knew it was going to be baking and it's one of my favourite items to wear I had a vest so then halfway round it was baking I just thought oh no one's looking about it's fine so I'm there playing in my vest and I was like right it was a part of me that was quite yeah fuck you finally fucking playing how I want to play in my vest <laughs> and then I got back in after I put my shirt back on after we finished went back in the bar and they went sorry mate we've had one of the members complain that you've mm-hmm. been playing in a vest and i went where's your proof <laughs> <laughs> he went well no obviously the member have you been playing in any vest and I'm, I'm like no and he's like i can see your vest underneath <laughs> your polo shirt mate <laughs> i was like yeah yeah he said just don't do it again we're not strict here but just a vest is too far do you think a vest is too far those eyes say it all.
3: Yeah, I think I think a vest is a touch <laughs> far. What if it's a nice vest with a collar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a new bit of kit. Yeah. Collared vest. Yeah. Collared vest. I think I think if you've got a collar in your vest, you, there'll be a good argument in a lot of places. Yeah, because yeah. it's
1: always just like oh, a collared shirt or a collared top. I'd be like, well, it's technically the top of my body and it's collared. Yeah. Oh, that's our next bit of kit. The we've got the bobble vest. hat, we've got the socks, and we're going to do a collared <laughs> vest. <laughs> For all our golfing fans
2: out there, excellent. This episode is sponsored by the following hugely magnificent people. The locksmith Jordan Blaylock, Ryan Youngman, oh, there's no need to fill down, Queen Victoria Grace Lopez, you're a wizard, Harry, Hoxley, John Donger Harrowing, Dan Burns, Claire Paul, Maggie Vidovitz, tender loving Sean Carey, Phipps don't lie, Sarah Jane Phipps. Under the sea, Sebastian Shlowski. Wham-bam, Sam Williams. The other Marler, Harrington Smith, John Bradford, and the Windy Rhino. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show, become an official sponsor, and grow the show today.
1: Let's get into some top-end golfing mm. chat. Big golfer's wages. Like I hear silly numbers. But I also have seen Happy Gilmore and seen that the 52nd top golfer in that tournament ends up walking away with $5,000 or something. Does that happen? Do you get money regardless of where you finish in a tournament?
3: You start off and a tournament's usually four days. It's generally from about 128 to 156 players at one tournament. You play two rounds and then the top 65 will go through to the weekend. So once you get through to the weekend, that's when you'll start making money. If you do well and you're up in the top five, you're going to, you could earn a lot of money depending on what tournament, but if you're What's down a in, lot of money, oh, some of the tournaments now you could win potentially two mil for winning it
1: before or after tax. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's two
2: mil before tax. Still not a bad gig, is it? But could you end up, Beef, if you don't make the cuts, because you're paying for your own travel, you're paying for your own hotel, you're obviously paying for your caddy, could you end up, theoretically, out of pocket? If you
3: were travelling, you're doing the tour, you're travelling the the world, and you're, you're missing the cut,
2: could you be out of pocket?
3: 100%, yeah. Like anything, like any sport, like the top people in sport, top people, what they do generally in the world they're going to get paid a lot of money right but if you're if you're struggling or you're you've just come on the tour got your european tour card you play six seven events and they're all over middle east asia you've got to pay your travel your caddy your coach physio so that's all like outgoings before you've even basically teed it up
1: how do you pay for all that you rely on sponsorship or your own pocket
3: Both. own pocket Especially if you're starting out, you might have a small sponsorship, but it's not going to be big. It's like anything. It, everything's top heavy. If you're not at the top, like anything, it's hard.
1: So it's not as glamorous as what I thought it was going to be.
3: Everything everything you see on telly looks more glamorous, right? It must be the same rugby.
1: No, there's nothing glamorous about our sport. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even look glamorous on TV, I'm afraid. <laughs> like, when do you ever look at it and go, cool, that looks lovely there. <laughs> you don't. Oh, that's a lovely spot to go and bat fuck out each other. <laughs>
2: Let's talk golf films. I'm going to give you some options here, Beef, but feel free to throw other options into the mix. I'd like the all-time best golf movie. I'll start you off with Caddyshack, Gilmore as referenced by Joe and Tin Cup. Feel free to lob others in.
3: They're the main three, aren't they? I think the only other one I've seen, is it Bag of Vance? Oh, yeah.
1: The legend
2: of Bag of Vance, yeah.
1: Mad Damon. Mad Damon. Yeah, he's mad it. Mad <laughs> Damon. I've not seen any of them apart from Happy Gilmore. Have you ever tried a Gilmore shot? Yes, early days, it would always be the, the go-to
3: on the tee box.
1: Can you actually do that in the pro tournament?
3: <laughs> yeah, there's no rule. So you've got to stand still to hit it. Swing it however you want to swing you it. Could, why the are guys, there
1: not more people running up to it then and doing a Gilmore?
3: <laughs> it's so hard to do. Oh. One of the guys, uh, Harrington, did it. One where he'd kind of like... Step back slightly, not and step like a full, into it. not like a full Happy Gilmore where you like you take like two big like strides and hit it. But he would like step into it to try and gain more distance. And he was onto like the whole distance thing ten years ago, fifteen years ago, before like Bryson and yeah. all the guys hitting it what now. Do you mean
1: he was onto the whole distance thing.
3: So golf has gone into this world now where there's a big focus on hitting it really far. It's a bit cocks on the table, this, isn't it? Their theory is the closer you are to the hole. After one shot. Just get the wedge out. Yeah, you get the wedge out. But yeah, it, de- it definitely comes at a price because you can hit it that far, but you still got to hit it straight.
1: Do you see that as work or do you still see it as, this is something I, I started doing when I was young and I love it, but has it become something that's, oh, I need to pay the bills now?
3: When you're at home and obviously, yeah, you've got to put the time in practice like anything you feel like work and sometimes travel, being on the road all the time. But once you're at a tournament and you've got a crowds, so you've got the buzz, there. it's the best thing in the world Like having that buzz you never get adrenaline like it and i think everyone once they finish they, they miss that buzz of playing the adrenaline's amazing is it ruthless at tournaments like with other players because it's a single sport it's just quite different everyone just does their thing you don't need to be horrible or rude to anyone but you've got your routine you've got yours i've got mine So it's like you don't really speak to many people because you're going through like your routines and stuff like that. So it's just quite a single sport. That's the one thing I'd like. I really want to play like a Ryder Cup because that's the only team environment and I think I'd love the team environment. I love it.
1: Do you ever feel like you're playing against other people or are you playing yourself? Because ultimately you're just trying to get the best score possible so it's irrelevant whether who else is on the course or do you take notice of that?
3: I'd say it only comes down to... Like when you're playing against someone it's probably on the last day, probably the last like nine holes, six holes. If you're both close to the lead, now you're trying to beat someone because what's happened in the last three and a half days doesn't really matter. Right, I know if I beat you from here on in, I'm going to win the tournament and that's where it gets, it kind of changes.
1: Do you use any sort of, techniques when it does go head to head then because I'll play my mate Sean and I can fucking get in his head <laughs> Sean the bandit actually but I can get in his head like that when it comes down to like the last couple of holes and we're neck and neck or something but I do things like I'll fart just before his <laughs> his, his tee shot or way before as he's doing his, his prep I'll be like go the opposite be really complimentary and be like all the best you baldy fuck <laughs> 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 anyway, those are my techniques. Do you do anything similar? <laughs> Just... No, or you're not allowed?
3: Oh, I have to give it a go, maybe, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: what's the What's the worst thing you've ever done on a golf course? And I don't mean shitting in the bunker. I mean, the worst thing that's happened to you, like the worst shot or the most catastrophic moment you've had.
3: One of the first ones that still doesn't haunt me, but makes me laugh. One of the, literally the first... European tour events I've played, we played a tournament in South Africa at Leppa Creek, and you've got the ninth hole, which is all over water, so you've got to kind of walk round to the green and then back out. And there was all these kids at the back and they were like, Can we have a ball? They always ask for your golf ball. So I was like, Yeah. And they're only about five. Well,
1: before minutes. you've played your shot.
3: After we finished the ninth. Oh, right, sorry. So now we're walking to the tenth. So I was like, Yeah, and I don't know whether to throw the ball like on the fall or on the bounce and it was like that soft spongy kind of like rubber you get in a playground Mm. and I've like thrown it just short of him it's bounced up hit this kid in the face (laughs) and his mate caught the ball with like first slip it was so good (laughs) honestly but then for like ages I was like I was a bit like oh do I throw this or not yeah that made me edgy for a while (laughs) excuse me
1: mister can I have your ball please yeah sure for dying, fuck (laughs) He didn't even get the ball. His mate got it. (laughs) You're a piece of shit. You should have just started lobbing balls left, right, and centre.
3: Yeah, I ran away. Yeah, I was on to the next. (laughs) I've hit a couple shots at at the open at Troon. You've got. I was over on the right side, just like fine, just off the fairway, and going for the green, and I've shanked it (laughs) full on, straight over the crowd into the sea. (sighs) And that's where I kind of like, I was like, oh shit. And then, like, your nerves, and you're like, well, you've got to hit this one again. Oh, you didn't up. even
1: attempt to go and... Oh, he's in the sea. Oh, right. But yeah. I thought you have to play it How It Lies. <laughs> you know, I've seen people get in the water and play some shots. <laughs> Here's some adverts. We're welcoming to the first tea. Beef. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, please welcome to the first tee, Mr. Andrew Johnston. Um, beef, would like to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Do they call you Beef or you? They have not seen... allowed.
3: Oh, yeah, they got told off at the open. Did they? Yeah, start got told off. He said, "I think he said Beef Johnston. I think or Andrew Beef Johnston." And then he said, "I would do it again," but I got told not to do it. Oh, yeah. Come on, golf! Again, Give me a favour. Come on.
1: Yeah. I know there's traditions, but fuck
3: off. How's it go on the tee? That's Tom, it? full of dice <laughs> That was the best, I think. No, that sounded a bit like Minion Skeezer. <laughs> a bit of grue. Yeah, a bit of grue in there, yeah.
1: <laughs> what? On that, here <laughs> we have Andrew <laughs> Beef Johnston. <laughs> Welcome to South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Mr. Beef, would you refrain? from chucking golf balls <laughs> at the children of my country. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> that's, what that, that's what you do, definitely. We uh, were of similar age. Uh, growing up, I used to love... EA Sports. It's in the game. <laughs> I used to fucking love playing golf on the PlayStation and Tiger Line is what I'd always get you know when you get the heartbeat and it gives you you can press circle hold circle and it gives you the perfect place where you've got to yeah. put it and it gives it tiger line straight there Tiger Woods was wonderful
3: even now if you start looking back at some of his records the man's a freak yeah he's a freak it's insane like to win a tournament or two tournaments in a season's mad but when you're talking a guy who won like seven tournaments in a row it's ridiculous he, so yeah obviously as a kid growing up watching him and change golf so yeah he, he's up there one that goes back even further i remember was chichi rodriguez and he always used to do this thing if he hold a putt he'd go across the green like pretending to have a sword fight
2: oh that's nice <laughs> and
3: that's then nice. like like a bit like jimenez does oh yeah. and then like Buck. puts the sword in yeah like that. His sword. is that
1: cigar guy yeah
2: yeah, yeah. with
3: yeah, yeah, the yeah.
1: warm-up with his knees
3: yeah
1: oh uh, and the fabulous hair
3: fabulous hair oh he's wonderful i think he's Eighty percent rubber. He's the most flexible man <laughs> I've ever seen. Like, so they have like the gym truck that goes round on all the tournaments. So when someone... you say gym truck, like it's a portable gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, they literally just drive like, it like a physio weight. Oh, truck. okay. Yeah. And they have a big squat rack in there. And one day I was in there and I was like warming up. And obviously someone would be doing some squats. The bar was up quite high. And he'd come in there and he took his shoes off and he kind of looked at it. And I was like, what's he going to do here? Just popped his legs straight up there what? like that and started stretching. And I was like, what the? I was like, this is insane. And then I just started to watch him. Stre- he's, he's the most flexible man you ever see. How old is he?
1: Mid-50s. Yeah, he's knocking on. He's wonderful. I just love his, his aura. Just around that, when he's warming up, he's got his like three clubs or something he holds all together and he's practising his swing with these three clubs at once. And then the cigar's in his mouth and he just looks like someone that I'd
3: want to sleep with. (laughs) (laughs) There's a good story about him as well at Augusta. So someone played, come in and he's sitting in the locker room and he's, I think he's having a cigar. He's got a glass of red wine there. So the guy's come in, sat down. And he's like, how would you get on today? And he was like, I haven't played yet. I'm out in a couple of hours. And he was there having a glass of wine before oh, he teed it's off. It's
1: just loosening up. He's wicked.
3: Yeah. Joe, how would you say his full name if you
2: were
1: Spanish? Miguel Angel Jimenez. Yes. Jimenez. Jimenez. <laughs> Jimenez. You've got to flesh. you got to it out a bit. Miguel Angel Jimenez. <laughs> he's got <gone> French. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was, up until the fourth go, you were fine. It's my favourite anyway.
1: So you've met him, yeah. He's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Have you actually met Tiger? Once. And what's he like?
3: He was really nice. Like the problem with him is, is I've seen him obviously and played in lots of tournaments where he was playing. But he's got like forty, fifty people around him at any given time. So I just leave him alone. Yeah. And the only time I said hi to him was the Sunday before the tournament started at uh, US Open and obviously like Sunday is quite quiet. And there was probably about 10 people around him at that time. And he was walking off the range I was walking on and I just said hi. And he was like, oh, how you doing? Blah, blah. I had a quick chat and that was it. But like a lot of the players asking for photos and stuff Players, like that. Do? The players do. What? Yeah, yeah, some players do. And I was like, man, I'm just going to leave this guy alone because it's probably the last thing he wants is a player asking for a photo and stuff like that.
2: The thing about Tiger, I think, that surprises people, Beef, is when you see him on the course, he is stacked with muscle. Like, even now when he's obviously had his injuries and the crash and everything else, he is totally triangular, isn't
1: he, from the back?
3: Yeah, he's in incredible shape. I think um, that's what us golfers should probably look like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be why there was a pause before you answered <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he is in an incredible shape, Uh we could all dream, but It's it's fine. It's uh, it's a game for all shapes and sizes, mate. doesn't matter as long as you can swing. Look look at fucking Jim Furick. He's got no muscle on him. He's just fucking bag of bones.
3: He's such a good player as well. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so good.
1: Do you have to walk? Yeah. What, like in the pro tournaments, you've got to walk? Mm-hmm. Can't have a buggy? Nope. Why aren't you allowed a buggy?
3: Not allowed. They're the rules. What
1: is the etiquette with speed of play?
3: On, like, the pro events you get time so like you get a certain amount of time to hit your golf shot so the first player I think has 50 seconds and then the second two have 40 seconds so this is where fines can come in as well by the way you if you are get you're actual slow. fine actual fines. so you get like a warning so if you're slow if your group like falls out of place the referee will come over and tell you and then they can say look we're going to basically monitor your group make sure you catch up and then he'll time every shot even worse there's like this big argument with some of the slow players and fast players. Who,
1: who are some of the big slow players in the world?
3: Robert Carlson was slow. But they're so clever. They're so sneaky at it.
1: When you say was slow, is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> no? No, no. Still with us? At the time we're recording this show. He's still with us. Yeah. Okay. Not sure when this one's going out, if it makes it out. If you're
2: listening actually. on Catch Up in five years' time, we can't guarantee.
3: But okay. fingers crossed. Robert Carson. <laughs> <laughs> you rephrase that. <laughs> Robert Carson is slow. <laughs> a lot of the time, if I, if we're playing, so the person who goes first is the person who's furthest away yep. from the hole. That's how it works. So if yep. I wasn't like the furthest away, I'd be walking up. I'd get to my ball, put my glove on, and I'd be ready to hit after they've hit. But he would just stand there, and then like once I've hit, he's like, "Oh, I need to put my glove on." It's like really slow, and we've had it a couple of times where like. Yeah, he's been slow all of a sudden the ref comes over and he's like roadrunner. He uh. plays the fastest golf.
1: So do you think he's doing that because that's just naturally how he plays and that's his process? Or is there part of him that's doing it to piss off the people around him to then make you play worse? Like,
3: No, I don't think he's doing it to put anyone off. That's just how it is and he likes to take his time or whatever, but he knows once you're in that position, you get one warning. If you get a second one, I think it's two and a half grand, fine. <gasps> and then they double from there on. So, like, if you had five or six of them, it's a lot of money. Can't you just say,
1: look, mate, this is how I play. Just let the other guys, do you let them play through? Or do you not do that in pro tours? No? <laughs> is there no plan for it? Yeah, go on, you can catch up this hole. Oh, we'll, we'll carry on. And then there's oh no, there's a four ball behind. And oh, how many's behind them? There's oh there's two. So is that not
3: happening? No, no, no. There's this nutter in front wearing a vest. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a collared vest. Yeah, right, so, I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying anything to him. He's terrified. He's collard, wearing a vest. Collared vest. Yeah, collared. I've
1: also got a video of you chucking golf balls at kids. But, um, <laughs> be careful. Be careful who you're talking to. Absolutely fine, um uh, whilst we're on big golfing names, Rory McElroy, what's he like?
3: Yeah, really good guy. um, what you see is what you get with Rory. I've known him for a long time, and he's he's just a he's just generally a really good dude and absolutely incredible golfer.
1: I'd like to just touch on briefly, Tom, if it's all right with you, the whole live situation live golf tour with pga something tour fuck me anyway there's so many tours what's the crap with first of all what's the crap with all the tours how many tours are there
3: the main ones would be pga european asian tour i'll say they would be the main three yeah. but you've got like south african one south american one
1: so all those tours you get on them based on where you live or you can apply to go on any of those tours
3: you can apply to go to any of them
1: and you only play those tournaments that they're doing
3: Pretty much. Can yeah. you do
1: more than one? Can you be on the European tour? Can you be on the US tour? Yeah. You can do it all.
3: Yeah, but it becomes very difficult because then you play in a hell of a lot of events. Usually, people only stick to one, maybe two.
1: So then, back to this live tour situation. Have you got a personal opinion on this one?
3: I don't really care, to be honest. Oh, would you would you judge someone for going making a lot of money? I just
1: thought of it because you talk about Rory, really lovely guy, but he's actually been. Really outspoken on the whole live PGA situation, which is fair enough to have an opinion, of course, but the more golf the better, no?
2: But then it means that you can't take part in other tournaments, that's the thing. So if you're going to go and live, you've got to go whole hog. It looks that way. So you have played some of the best courses in the world. If you were to recommend one course in the world for Joe to play, which one would you select?
3: Pebble Beach.
1: Where is it? First of all, America.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, West Side. Was it just north of LA? Isn't it? It's just an amazing place. It's just a wicked place, and I like Joe, so I send him somewhere nice.
1: Are there any golf clubs that you've been to that you've gone? Oh, I've got a hot towel <laughs> in my locker, or um,
2: <laughs> there's some mints, like a mint for a bolognese, or mints like breath freshener.
1: When was the last time you went to any form of clubhouse on any sport or bar? And there was a bowl of beef mince for <laughs> you'd, people to... You'd like that though, wouldn't you? As long as it's cooked. Yeah. yeah, I would like it. Where's the nicest clubhouse or quirkiest clubhouse you've been to?
3: The Floridian in, um, yeah, West Palm. I went, I actually went for a lesson there. Drove in, drove in the gates. And as I parked up, someone drives around with a golf buggy to come and pick you up. from. It's like 50 yards, but they still come not pick you up you walk up to the clubhouse big clubhouse and as you walk up the steps and through it the other side is where they have like one of the bars and where you can sit and have some food outside but as I looked out there's like a big like yacht mooring area so like you could literally like sail your boat up what park it outside and then leave it and go and play some golf it was I've (laughs) never seen anything like it it's
2: a yacht car park
3: yeah a yacht (laughs) park yacht car park why
2: would it be called a yacht car park that's a really good point (laughs) A yacht park. A That's yacht park. so far. That just shows, Joe, that I'm so far from living that life that I can't even conceive of the word yacht. What if park. me
1: and you? What if we saved a bit of money from this show, rather than coming to this lovely studio, we just do it in our house again. Mm-hmm. with um, Your terrible Wi-Fi. With my terrible yeah. Wi-Fi, and we buy like a little dinghy. Yeah, like an inflatable we, one. And we turn up at this clubhouse. We've both got collared vests on <laughs> we could still live the life a little bit We could big pretend, time live the life but it'll be fine what about in Dubai or Abu Dhabi have you played much out there
3: yeah there again you've got Abu Dhabi Golf Club the clubhouse is a big um, eagle right it's an eagle I think yeah the clubhouse is ridiculous what's in the beak that's actually where the players lounge so it's like a little room where we in have
1: players around. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Why have you asked that? And it's actually got an answer to it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <really
3: good.
2: laughs> yeah. The weirdest thing I find about the golf courses in the deserts is that they have to import the sand for the bunkers. What? What? So the sand in the desert is the wrong sort of sand for bunkers. So they have to import the sand from somewhere else when they build a golf course <laughs> in uh, the desert.
1: Off. Why does it have to be a particular type of sand? You just. I guess, Beef, you'll know much more
2: about this than me, but if you have like a really heavy sand, the ball would get plugged in it? or
1: Because you, you need to be able to play your ball at the bunker, don't you?
3: Yeah, I guess so. That's throwing me completely. Have
1: you just got one caddy? Yeah. Permanently? Yeah. What's his name? Gordon. Gordon. How old is he? 50. You like Gordon, do you?
3: Yeah, Gordon's wicked.
1: I saw um, a clip of Jordan Speef the other day. He was in a bunker and he had to go over some water. I don't know what to He had to go over some water to then get to the green and his caddy said to him, look mate, take the eight iron or whatever and just play it out there get it on the fairway and then we'll go thing it and then Jordan's like no nah, I think I can get it I think if I aim over there and where the wind's going all that lot I think I've got it No, nah, I think and he's like well you know I'm, I I think it's best to do this and it's a fine level isn't it between going oh, I think you're going to be wrong but you're the golfer ultimately aren't you And it's your choice and then Jordan was like Look, it's on me. This is on me. I'm just going to take this and thingy. And he was like, yeah, cool. No worries. And then he's fucking (laughs) nailed this bunker shot straight into the water. (laughs) (laughs) And you could see the clip goes back to the caddy, sort of like, fucking told you so. (laughs) (laughs) That moment. Or you could have the other moment where the caddy said, do this, and then it's completely wrong. It fires off, hits a kid in the background in the eye and something like that. That must be such pressure as a caddy. Oh, do you remember there was
2: Ian Woosden had a caddy, I think at the 2000 Open, and he had too many clubs in his bag. His caddy
1: just looked in his bag and went, oh, what's the limit? How many? 14. Right, okay. If you could have, if you're only allowed four clubs. No, one club. No. All right, your question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought we'd speed it up.
1: <laughs> you're only allowed three clubs. Speed golf, me and you, we're going around uh, East Sussex National, but we're, we're jogging for some reason fuck knows why we're jogging around this thing and we're only allowed three
3: clubs what clubs are you choosing driver 7 iron and a par that's where you've got to ask one club
1: okay <laughs> so we've we're doing speed golf we're jogging around the course you're only allowed to choose one club <laughs> what's the one club you're going to play those whole 18 holes
3: 6 iron really yeah i'm thinking more five yeah
2: Do you find beef? Because golf is one of those sports that is beloved by celebrities. A lot of celebrities play golf. Mate, some of the celebrities play more than us. Who's the best that you've seen?
3: Tim Henman.
2: Oh, yeah, he's really good. It's not
1: really fair, though, is it? Essentially the same sport, is it? Tennis and golf. Yeah, (laughs) because you've got a bat or a racket with a ball, and you've got a stick (laughs) with a ball, and you can play it on grass. Very similar sport, so he's bound to be good at it.
2: Who else <laughs> have you seen in <laughs> the celebrity world? Apart from Tim
1: Henman. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> That's my <Michael Dixon. laughs> Right, we've talked a lot of nonsense we about have. golf or sort of golf-themed, but we've got a legit pro European Tour winning mm-hmm. golfer. Where was it, in Spain? Yeah. Espanol. Es- Espanol. <laughs> no? Yeah. Uno, dos,
2: tres. You have to ask all, all supplementary questions about Beef's win at the 2016 Spanish Open in a Spanish accent.
1: Hey, beefy. <laughs> what was it like to win the to- with the-, win the tournament in
3: Spanish español in 2016? I suddenly feel like I'm in an episode of Narcos. Or something. Yeah. yeah, that's threat. Right, that's where I get it from. <laughs>
1: So I get my best. So I, swear I get it. Oh. <laughs> what was it like to win? Uh, that. What was the feeling like to win? <laughs> as good as that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. I'll ask it normally then. What was it like winning back in 2016? Actually winning, coming top of that tournament.
3: Oh, obviously amazing. Um, it's something you dream of, like, whole career. How did you celebrate? I got hammered. Did you? Brilliant. Battered. Yeah, absolutely hammered. So I couldn't get back to London that night. Shame. It was a shame. But all my mates said, look, don't worry about it. We'll have a party next weekend. And we ended up having a fancy dress party, like a Spanish fancy dress <laughs> yes. party, which was just epic. But I was like, the whole week I was like panicking, thinking like, what can I go as fancy dress? Everyone's going to turn up maybe in the same things. Matadors. Yeah, I, I found um, a pinata suit like this big colourful piñata thing and I was like, no one's going as that. Was it a horsey piñata? I don't really know. I was worried about people coming up and like smacking me. But um, I-, I couldn't believe like when you have to do an interview after you win, like your emotions are like sideways They're everywhere. And they ask you, what, what do you want to do? What's the first thing you want to do? And I just said, I want to go back, see my mates and get hammered. And it went like everywhere. And I just didn't see why it was such a big deal. That's the whole like, point, isn't it? You, yeah. you do that for that
1: winning moment to then have those memories to just go and enjoy it. Yeah. Did you get a trophy? Yeah. Because don't golf like, come up with some really weird trophies for weird tournaments. Was it a normal? Was it like a bull scrotum? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Spanish. What else could it be? Like a giant tomato? <laughs> what was the trophy like?
3: Just normal trophy oh. that you could fill a lot of beer in it and drink out of it. So it was perfect, to be honest.
2: Beef, um, Joe and I have massively enjoyed talking to you about golf. The good thing is we can continue to hear you talking about golf because you have a podcast of your very own.
3: Yeah, oh my God, it's exciting. Me and uh, John Robbins are currently building our dream golf club, Beef's Golf Club.
2: Wow, so this is going to be
1: the biggest golf club in the entire universe
3: ever. It's huge. It's the biggest golf club ever made.
1: I've got a couple of points on this. When do we start our show, Tom? September 2020-ish. A couple, couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And you and Steve asked me to come up with 10 guests that you want to talk to. And on that list was um, Beef. That was two two and a bit years ago. Yeah. And in those two and a bit years, there was no sight of Beef coming on the show. Yeah. And then I find out a couple of weeks ago that not only is Beef not coming on the show, <laughs> but Crowd Network have actually made him his own podcast and he's already recording his own podcast that looks quite similar, actually, to mine with his face and his cap (laughs) and his beard. (laughs) Not only have you not got him on our show, you've managed to create him his own podcast. What the bloody hell's going on here? I remember this conversation as well, Joe, and you said to
2: me and Steve, don't worry, I chat to beef on social media. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get beef on. And I think Beef Pied You from that moment onwards. Several times, actually. That's absolutely fine.
1: (laughs) Luckily, uh, there was part of me that went, oh, well, just out of protest, I'm not going to listen to his podcast. I'm not going to do it. I couldn't not, actually. I had to listen to it. And it is wonderful. It's so much fun. You and John are just chalk and cheese. And that's what I love the most about it. Like the chalk and cheese of like the amateur golfer with the pro golfer and the stories that you come out with is brilliant. I absolutely love listening to it.
3: He's, he's wicked. He's so funny on it. And like to have that balance of, yeah, someone who's playing amateur golf all the time. And then like the differences from amateur pro obviously huge. So the balance of it is so good. And I love hearing John's stories about like some of his problems at amateur golf. It's just, it's so good. And like, when you start thinking of like topics, all the memories come like flooding back of all the silly things or funny things that have happened in their moments. And Do you know what? It's been so much fun recording it. It's been so much fun. I look forward to like every episode uh, we're recording.
1: You're a few episodes in already. So what are some of the features of this world's great... The world's greatest golf course in the universe created by Beef Johnston and welcome to the tea, John Robbins.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So some of the episodes we've done is opening tee shots. Mm. So yeah, some of the horrors I've had with opening t shots, ripped trousers, <laughs> 300 people, two toilets, things like that. <sighs> problems, man. Like, big problems. We've had, we've had an episode on caddies with um, Billy Foster on, talking. He caddied, obviously, for Seve, for Tiger as well. So, like, picking his brains. Uh, we have Big Tom Davis on as well. He's just taken up golf in the last year, year and a half. I would love to see him swing a club.
1: He's such a giant of a man. I just picture every stick being too small for him and him just air-shotting all the time.
3: Yeah, that was the problem. When he started, the clubs were like tiny and had to get ones specially fitted for him that are are huge.
2: I love all the things because you're designing the perfect clubhouse, aren't you? And I love all the suggestions that the
3: listeners are coming up with. Yeah, definitely, because there's, there's so much to fit in. Ideas in the clubhouse, what food you have, what drinks you have. What are the locker rooms like? It's endless. Is there a golf range? Is there a chipping greens? What are the rules for the clubhouse as well? I know one of the rules we said for for golf attire, Joe, was just have a little look in the mirror, mate. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you know, if you get up and you think, is this acceptable to wear at a golf course? So obviously, you're turning up in a vest, you've looked in the mirror and gone, I think it's all right in a vest.
1: When we get our collared vests made
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> in bright purple... With branding all over it, and I turn up at your golf club and you turn me away, God help you. <laughs>
3: You've got a collar on it, you, mate, you'll be fine. It's there. there. It's there. There's going to be no no um, <laughs> big signs up saying, like, no vests. Or if it does, you say, well, it's got a collar on it.
2: The dream. It's a collared vest.
1: Yeah, and, and I, 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 I'll have to wear shorts, will I? Whatever you want. So if I wake up one morning and I'm in a pair of pants, like tight pants, tight skinny pants. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and my collared
1: vest and a cap i'm playing am i
3: yeah you can play probably would try and put you on my own on your own <laughs> <laughs> somewhere and then maybe in the clubhouse i'll speak to john about it but maybe we could have a little joe marler sort of separate clubhouse when he wants <laughs> when he wants to turn up in just pants and uh collared vest <laughs> maybe yeah there's a little place Thanks. And then, if anyone, no, but if Cause anyone, because there's a place for everyone, we'll, we'll tell him Joe's in there. If you want to go and see him, I'm wary, he's in his pants. But yep. if you want to go and hang with him, you're more than welcome. But you haven't turned me away
1: because this golf club is open to everyone.
3: It's open to absolutely everyone. Everyone's always welcome, and yeah, just come and have a good old listen and a good laugh, and come and join Beef's golf club. Beef, thank you so much for coming on, mate. It's been epic, honestly. <laughs> I
1: know
3: he's going to walk away from here, going, what?
1: The he should have done this show before setting up with Crowd then he'd know what you're really like.
3: And what you're <laughs> like about. No all I want to do I want to do just something I just want to hang out with you. Me and you we're going to play golf. Wicked let's do it I'd love to play Princess, come and hang out. Perfect. Cheers mate. Peef. peef. No
1: Peef. beef. Did, did we get him to agree to Peef Not or fully. Beehead? Not fully I think he's being polite but actually likes beef. There was heart of his eyes that went a little bit like angry and slightly wonky when I said can we change your name to Head? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought oh, I've lost him early doors if you had to have a nickname uh, based on a meat which meat would you choose I would be the do we me to try some
1: out on you pork veal oh no mutton pigeon pigeon <laughs> I'd be pigeon it'd be a pigeon I loved beef Pigeon and Beef are going to do something together. (laughs) The Pigeon and Beef Show. It's like a Victorian pie. Oh, yeah.
2: Joe, I'm going to tell you about a brand new podcast called World Corrupt. This features political podcast Tommy Vitor and broadcaster Roger Bennett. Their podcast, Joe, sees them delve into the ethical side of the forthcoming Football World Cup in Qatar. So, obviously, this is a massive sporting event, but it's different because it's a tournament that got awarded through bribery. The whole infrastructure thing is built with migrant labour. There's a reported 6,500 people who died in the process. It is not the normal sort of World Cup. New episodes of World Corrupt will drop every Saturday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Cool, I like the sound of that one. Who's on our next show, please?
2: Joe. We will be joined by an osteopath
1: osteopath
2: do we know what an osteopath
1: is sure it's not osteopath
2: next week we'll be joined by an osteopath (laughs) goodbye crowd network a place where you belong sports social podcast network